From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, July 6th. National parks were big draws for tourists last year, and that meant a lot of spending in nearby communities like Moab. Justin Higginbottom reports on a new study by the National Park Service, which crunches the numbers. Last year, visitors lined up across the country to enter the national park system more than 297 million times. That's up 25 percent from 2020. Those visitors spent around $20.5 billion within 60 miles of those parks. That spending is up 41 percent. This comes from a new report by the Park Service. According to the authors, much of that increase in visitation and spending has to do with recovering from a pandemic year. In 2020, less park facilities were open. Moab certainly counts as a national park border community. Hey, on the count of three. Near the entrance to Arches this year, tourists waited to enter. Visitation has increased so much here that Arches started a reservation system. The park had over 1.8 million visitors last year. They spent nearly a quarter of a billion dollars and supported over 3,000 jobs. Grand County saw a dip in tourism tax dollars in 2020 like elsewhere in the country, but that spending came roaring back in 2021. Especially the first half of 2021 was very, very strong, the strongest we've ever been. So we're about almost 37 percent higher than the average trend. That's Chris Baird. He's the strategic development director for Grand County. I guess to sum it up, you know, since about September of 2020, we've really been seeing record-breaking growth. A portion of tourist tax revenue is earmarked in the county. For example, 63% of money collected from a hotel tax must be spent on visitor impact mitigation. It goes to things like search and rescue and waste disposal. But Baird says that the money spent from national park visitors doesn't just go to supporting their stay. It also significantly funds services for locals. We've only had to raise our general operating property tax once in the last 15 years. And that's, you know, due to being able to rely on strong growth in these sales taxes. He says at least 50% of the county's services are funded by tourists. Meanwhile, Utah as a whole had over 14 million visitors to our five national parks. They spent a whopping $1.6 billion in surrounding communities. The study says that nationally, the lodging sector saw the highest direct effects of visitor spending. Next was restaurants. And this all might be an underestimate. Agency used a new method to survey visitors at Zion. The results show visitors spent more time and money during their trips than previously thought. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. The Southwest may be in for some drought relief this summer. As KUNC's Alex Hager reports, the monsoon season is off to a strong start. Even in the middle of a historic drought, summer rains are on track for their third strong year in a row. The North American monsoon is an annual surge in rainfall. This year's monsoon has already helped suppress a busy wildfire season in Arizona and New Mexico. Forecasts show that it will likely stay strong, with average amounts of rain in Colorado, Utah, and Nevada, and above-average totals in Arizona and New Mexico. Summer rains are important for agriculture, wildlife habitat, and reducing the risk of fire, but they can't do much to turn around a two-decade drought that has sapped the Colorado River. That's putting a strain on water supplies for 40 million people. I'm Alex Hager. 
This spring, residents of a mobile home park in Gunnison, Colorado, were without water for most of the day. The three wells that supply water are unreliable. People in the park have been speaking up for years about this issue without result. Now, a few Gunnison residents are at work on a statewide initiative to address equity in water issues. With our partners at KBUT, Stephanie Malterich reports. Just off the highway, a few minutes north of Gunnison, is Country Meadows Mobile Home Park. The dusty dirt lot is made up of about 55 mobile homes nestled beneath a stand of cottonwood trees. Elizabeth McGee moved to the park last August, and it didn't take her long to learn that the water may or may not come out of the faucet depending on the day. My sister that lives with my mom, she's like, yeah, we'll go with water forever. And I'm like, this is not okay. This motivated McGee to join the nonprofit Organización de Nuevas Esperanzas, O-N-E, or ONE, which was formed last year by a group of residents in the mobile home park to voice their concerns about water and a long list of other problems. And there's, I think, 20 trailers up here in front that went without water almost all day yesterday. It was on for a little while, and then it got turned off again. McGee was recently elected as one's board president, and she says the nonprofit has helped residents connect with the county, lawyers, and advocacy groups to call attention to the park's owner who rarely responded to their concerns. In 2020, they filed complaints with the Department of Local Affairs, but since the park sold in the spring, no one is sure if or when they'll see a resolution. Gunnison sits at the headwaters of the Colorado River. Accessing water to drink, shower, wash dishes, and do laundry is usually as simple as twisting a knob and letting water run from the tap. But a 2019 census study found one in 45 homes in Gunnison County has poor plumbing. Sonia Chavez is the general manager of the Upper Gunnison River Water Conservancy District. The organization started in 1959 to protect all water users in the Upper Gunnison River Basin. Chavez's job keeps her in the know about all things related to water. And sometimes what she learns is surprising. I know within my own local community, there are people who don't have access to good quality, clean water. Chavez is part of a Colorado group that spent the last year discussing the many problems that come when people don't have access to water. The group is called the Water Equity Task Force, and it brought together 21 diverse people, including members of Colorado's federally recognized tribes and the Esequia community located in southeast Colorado. Our conversations and our task, as dictated by the governor, was really to identify the ways in which the Colorado Water Conservation Board could ensure that they are having diversity, equity, and inclusion around uh, conversations on water, and that um, we reach all the various populations. The group's work helped to finally incorporate equity into the Colorado Water Plan. Some of the members of the task force had deep connections to water, but others were community members with specific areas of expertise, like Dr. Alina Luna, professor emeritus at Western Colorado University. We need water to allow people not only to thrive, but also to be able to exist and survive. Dr. Luna has years of experience working on equity. She chaired the university's Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Internationalization Committee and created a diversity-focused undergraduate minor. She didn't know much about water issues before sitting on the task force, but she thinks if people can understand the basis of equity, 
they can apply to all water issues. You know, people, I think, confuse equity with equality. Really, equity is about meeting people where they are, giving them what they need to be successful. Equality assumes that everybody needs the same thing to succeed. Back at Country Meadows, I asked Elizabeth McGee if she considered herself an organizer or community activist before moving here. No, ma'am. I used to be a very quiet, in my own little world type person. And then I moved out here and I was getting tired of all of us getting abused, you know, because that's pretty much what's happening is we're being abused. No one in Country Meadows is sure what will happen with the new ownership. But McGee says she and members of one will continue to fight until they know every home in the park has a steady stream of water. I'm Stephanie Maltrich. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, July 6th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.